There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to Following On County Cricketer. The good news is we are back. We must have caught the management at TalkSport and the Cricketer on a very good day because they've decided to give us a second season and we didn't even need to lap dance for them. Following On County Cricketer is as it was last year, your one-stop shop for all things county cricket. Every Wednesday we will appear in your podcast feed and the show will be broadcast on TalkSport 2 on Thursday and Friday from now until the end of the season. We might give August a miss, though. So, every week, myself, John Norman, and uh, two-time county championship winner Steve Harmison, as well as two of the main men at the Cricketer, George DeBell and Nick Friend, will be previewing the week's action in both divisions, discussing the big stories affecting the game, keeping an eye on those hoping to break into the England squad, as well as bringing you our picks of the season. Uh, it is an absolute pleasure to say that you're listening to Following On, County Cricketer. OK, well, there's no doubt what the big news has been affecting the county game over the last uh, seven days and arguably six years. Uh, the um, CDC came to their uh, decision. A 92-page report was released on Friday and... Uh, We've been uh, we've been discussing that ever since, pretty much. This possibly isn't a big enough show to really talk about and dissect all of what has been going on since 2017. But George, would it be fair to say that we're, and when I say we're, I mean the county game, are we in a better position now as we approach the 2023 season than we were back in 2017 when Azim Rafiq first made the allegations which uh, finally we have heard and finally it may allow us all to uh, to draw a line in the sand and move on from. Hello. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, yeah, I think that's probably a really good way of looking at it as, uh, and also a reasonable way of looking at it uh, because I know it feels very uncomfortable 
and has felt very uncomfortable in recent times, and I'm sure there's more of that to come. But I think it's really healthy to have had these conversations. I think it's really important that a message has been sent that what once may have been tolerated no longer will. And I think that uh, you know a lot of sensible people have learned quite a lot about the way things have been and the way things should be. And yes, I think that it's really reasonable to think that we've made some progress because of it. And there's still some way to go, but I think the conversations that have been had are really helpful. So yeah, that, that's that's the optimistic thing to take from it, yes. And how has the game changed? You know, there has been a change in personnel at the top of the ECB. We know Richard Thompson, someone um, has taken over who had and has got a proven track record about pushing the game beyond its comfortable boundaries. Um, the ACE programme, of course, has been a huge success over the last couple of years. Uh, we've seen players given professional contracts from Saka in the last year or two. So whether this would have happened without Azim Rafiq, we'll never know. But essentially, it does seem, from my perspective anyway, that the game has suddenly got a renewed and vested interest to look beyond public schools and uh, those on the doorstep and actually seems to be having a you know a calculated attempt at actually broadening the uh, the, de- the demographic of people who play the game. If I was jump in, um, I'd say Alan Hayes predates as even going public with his complaints, but I think a lot of this wouldn't have happened without him. I think it's the nature of whistleblowing, it's the nature of what he's done. I think, in fact, he's even, I think what he said in the last few days is it's vital in the game takes hold of the situation as it is now or else we'll be having I think I think his exact quote was we'll have another Azim Rafiq in 20 years time so yeah I mean I think you know something that Ebony between Ebony Rome for Brent Rich Thompson and Surrey Ace was found at the start of 2020 predates George Floyd and predates COVID but, but I think a large part of this um, certainly the momentum certainly the success of not necessarily the success of Saka Tom Brown has done some phenomenal work with that but frankly little to no funding and a lot of his time. You know, it's, I think that's relied hugely on his own work, but also I think you'd probably say as well, the momentum of of, of the cause that, yeah, that, that did need Azim to, to start it. And I dare say without him, we, not a huge amount would have moved on because because that is, that is what whistleblowers do, isn't it? They, they, they create a conversation. I don't think we'd have had much of that without him. Yeah, I don't think anybody will listen. Um, uh, uh, sorry, I don't think anything would have changed uh, from uh, if it hadn't have been for Azim Rafiq. I think he has now changed what I hope for the better. I still think there's a long way to go in this. Not in the society, so much the society, but I think there's still a long way to go in this case. And I and I, but I hope, like you said, to draw a line in the sand that we can now feel as though, hopefully, that we're getting better. The world's getting better. Society's getting better. Sport is getting better and listening um, and understanding that it is for everybody. And we talk about the demographic of the game the game has played all around the world, you know, and that for me is is why it, it did need something like as in Rafik to go through what he's gone through. And we all, you know, we don't want to see, we never want to see a human being go through that. But in 20 years' time, when he said there was possibly going to be another as in Rafik if he didn't speak up, thankfully for him, that might not be the case. It has had a massive effect on other people's lives. One very close to me, and, and obviously of Michael, Michael Vaughan. And a club I used to play for, Yorkshire, where they go from here, because the ramifications on Yorkshire is the ramifications on English cricket. They're a powerhouse in English cricket and producing 
England player. But for what's happened with this as a county cricketer show, are we going to be sitting here in September? Yorkshire might win all their matches, but it's got to be impossible for them to be promoted. If you go off the back of what sanctions other clubs have had or other discretion. So for me, I still think there's a long way to go in this. But if it wasn't for Azim Rafiq, I think we would have gone round and round in circles and do would anybody have listened? I'd be very, very surprised. It is going to be a blessed relief in some regards just for us to all to start to just talking about cricket again. Before we do that, though, there is, um, there's, a, there's another report taking place at the moment, isn't there, George? Fanos here. It's a, a look at the, the, the finances behind the 100. Um, it's a report that's been sanctioned by the ECB. We were kind of expecting its findings last week, I think. Still hasn't come out, but have you got any idea about... I mean, you wrote a report, you wrote an article about it about 10 days ago, I think. And essentially, the feeling is, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, that maybe the 100 isn't quite the golden goose that uh, some had been making out over the last couple of years. Well, well, it's a lot broader than just been about the 100. It's about... It, so it was commissioned by the first-class counties, and he was given access, unprecedented access, I would say, to ECB's accounts and financial details. And as I understand it, he will report that the centralization of the ECB has grown exponentially uh, and there's an awful lot of money being spent on the central administration. So I think that will be one of his uh, main findings with the conclusion talking about a rebalancing of power, maybe away from lords, a bit more to the counties but just a, cut, a, a cutting of costs at the administration level. The 100 is definitely part of that. I think the report says that an awful lot of money has been spent uh, on the 100, uh, vast, vastly more than has been admitted to this point. And it's been spread across departments in a somewhat opaic way to maybe make it uh, not uh, entirely clear where that money has been spent. But there's also a huge money amount of money being spent on things like external consultants. I don't mean coaches, I mean management consultants, that sort of thing. So basically, I, I think it's a report that concludes that a lot of um, the ECB spending has gone a bit out of control. Uh, and we'll see it imminently in a bit more detail. Okay, well, this will be the show where we'll be keeping an eye on such things. But uh, there is another huge story in and around the game. Nick, uh, we've got to talk about Basball. I mean, we did our last show, didn't we, in September. So by that point, England had beaten South Africa, but we were all wondering how they were going to go away in Pakistan. And they won 3-0, of course. And then uh, away in New Zealand, a one-all series draw means they still haven't been in New Zealand since 2008. But what a wonderful test match that was, that second test match. Myself and Harmy and George, lucky enough, uh, fortunate enough to be out there. But are we expecting Basball to, uh, to signal huge changes within the approach of county championship teams this year, are we going to see Alistair Cook with a helicopter shot, for instance? Uh, what can we what can we expect? I think it's unsurprisingly more nuanced than that. I I think you've got four, three, maybe four kinds of cricketer looking at this summer. You've got guys. So I've actually written a lot of piece about suspecting loads of guys at different stages of their career, careers and coaches and DOCs, and I think you've got guys on the England pathway. So Jamie Smith, Jack Haynes, Tom Haynes, all there. It's Tyler, Sam Hain, um, guys like that who who've spent some of this wins with the Lions. 
who were on the field when they got battered by by England by the Test side before the Pakistan series in the, in the UAE. So I've seen up close what what it looks like, and they know they're sort of the next, you know, the next the next run runs in as it went, and they know that to to get in, as Harry Brook did last summer, for example, you've got to be scoring your runs in a certain way. There's no point if you're in their shoes, you know, grinding out three hundred ball hundreds. I I don't think that is could get you any nearer. And frankly, it might you might end up further away than you started. If you do that, so I think for those guys, there is almost no choice but to buy in. There's almost, and likewise, I think that there's no reason not to buy in because it looks great fun. You know how close you are, and you can see with you know Jamie Smith seventy four hundred the Lions and Schweiker, Ben Stokes name checked him straight away on the back of it, sort of recognised what he'd done, and and yeah, and then suddenly that you know he's one to keep an eye on. Then you've got guys who are you know you've got your Alistair Cooks, your Sam Northeast guys, Chris Cook, who's Morgan's captain's thirty seven in May. Guys at the other end of their career who aren't necessarily looking to push England, you know, who've got their way of playing, who know what works, and who've got other priorities, you know, whose priority is their club, whose priority is just playing their way. You know, they've got little reason to change that. And and then you've got the third kind of player, which is the 21 year old who's in the last year of his contract. And ultimately, you know, if you're a Division Two player in the last year of his deal, your job is to make sure you've got a contract for next year and a mortgage and and a stable a stable job as you can have in professional sport. So your job is to score the runs. You can't knock on the DOC's door in October and say, look, I want a new contract. I only average 12, but my intent was fantastic. So I think there's, there is a balance. And then you've got a fourth kind of player, which is the one who is not necessarily nearing his radar, but who might have felt stifled in the past by what Red Bull cricket is supposed to look like. When actually, you know, if you were a, a let's say, a Pollock or a Saw so Budinger, two left-handed openers, actually, you gave Mr. Gavin Wicket. They might just feel a bit more, I don't know, a bit more, sort of a bit more able to go out and express themselves. And then you've got the other nuances like promotion and relegation. You've got 14 game season versus the World Test Championship, which is effectively a fledgling competition made up of mini series, where actually, and then you've got series like the New Zealand series where there's nothing on it at all, apart from fun cricket. So I think there are, there's a lot of nuance. Beyond. So I think, I think you'll see it from individuals. I think you'll see some coaches invite their players to play their natural game. But I'm not necessarily sure you'll see what England have done at Grace Road in, in April, let's say. We shall see. We shall see. Um, look, we're going to get stuck into the county championship, Div 1 uh, and Div 2. But uh, very quickly, Harmy, the uh, the changes to the point structure. Do you see this going back to, to a couple of years ago? It was all about essentially high-scoring draws for the last couple of years, wasn't it? And, you know, purist cricket, teaching bowlers how to bowl long spells and use their nous and skills to get bats from out. Now it's about, uh, it seems like we're going back to producing three-day pitches. Yeah, hopefully we don't get the three-day pitches because then that will bring in the negativity where Nick's talking about some of the, the sort of mental combina- mental sort of games you have inside a dressing room of different players, of one going to play for England two, being comfortable in their county contracts, and three, trying to keep food on the table. And that, for me, is why, when you talk about the basketball stuff, basketball stuff, for me, is nonsense. All Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes want an individual to be is the best person of themselves. Oh, it's six and fours. It's not to go all 100 miles an hour. We've got, we've just got more modern test series. 380 mile an hour bowlers. That's not basketball. Basketball will be playing... Wood, Archer, a leg spinner, it would be going all guns players, and it's not. Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes want the best players to be the, the best versions of themselves and freedom. And I think that, 
I know Ryan Campbell. I spoke to Ryan Campbell about it at, at Durham, and he's trying to pick the shackles off, relax the player. But if the player's a, a somebody who, yeah, who works hard for his for his runs and gets 150 ball 100, 180 ball 100, then that's the best of that individual. And I think that is something I think hopefully the coach and staff are trying to put to their their teams rather than like you say going and saying to this kid who has not got the ability to go and hit the ball out of the ground, show intent, average 12, and he's stacking shells in two years' time. So I think that's all the, the, the thing with what county cricket comes in. I worry that the draw has gone the way it's gone. I'm not sure the out, what the best outcome for that would be, whether you'd just go down a football route, three points for a win, you know, one point for a draw, and you get nothing for getting beat. And then you go four days, let's have a, let's have a go in the cricket, and let's have a go at each other. The, yeah, the pitches could go back to where... There were, and Darren Stevens at 47 is going to come out of retirement and open the bowl of four of the big guns. That's something I wouldn't like to see. We want the players to be and express themselves in a free manner. But unfortunately, county cricket doesn't make that. And this was always my thing with this high-performance review. It was about the international stuff and not about county cricket. Because county cricket is, a lot for a lot of people, it's employment. It's employment. You haven't got the, the fallback of, I've got a central contract, I'm playing for England. And if I have a shocker like Rory Burns, the dumb sibling, I go back and play county cricket and get paid. You haven't got that in county cricket. So you've got to be careful on the message that you're trying to drive. Nick explained it perfectly whether the, the, the categories of where the players are. I think there's I think the other point on that as well is that you'll see you'll see a lot I think you'll see a lot of counties come out with the intention of trying to buy into what England's doing as best they can. But what'll be interesting is when you go to TV lose three in a row and then suddenly you go, God, we've got to stay up here. We've got promotion charge to keep on a keep alive and that then suddenly suddenly then do you go to the ground staff and say actually we need a green team or we need a racing turnix we need a quick win it and i and i spoke to directors quickly who actually don't think the draw will change too much despite the, the change in points because actually in a league structure where you are playing for promotion relegation and and the like actually what you can't do is throw out bold declarations and basically make game toss for coin because those but they might yeah sure it might, it might be five points rather than eight points for the draw but if you don't take that draw and you offer a generous declaration and lose the game on the last day, you you lose. You're giving 16, 17 points to someone, your rivals who jump ahead of you, who, and then you might lose. You might miss out on promotion by five points, and that's promotion you could have had if you'd if you'd got actually. We need to be a bit more pragmatic here. Here, are the five point is the five points for the draw. Take it, move on. The interesting thing is we can look back at Wellington Test and say how great it was. England lost by one run, and you know immediately the camera was on Stokes and McConaughey. You laugh and how you know what a great game it was. But there was very little. It was very little riding on it beyond the game. The word World Test Championship points was a great test, great test match. They hadn't lost the series. But if you play fourteen high octane games of county championship cricket, lose ten of them, and say, "But we played some bloody good stuff," no one cares because you look at the league table at the end of it, and you've you've got relegated. Like that's where the nuance is for me. I think it's really interesting to see how. See, it has been Miles Hammond, but beautifully the Gloucester batter actually. He, as Harvey said, he described it as as individual authenticity. If everyone does that, then you'll end up with a very good product, a very good games cricket, because actually you're empowering everyone to be themselves. And that is whenever everyone plays their best, whatever the sport, whatever the situation. I wonder if there'll be some coaches who are quite keen for their players to play fairly normally, particularly early season, respecting the Duke's ball and wickets that may nibble, and some players who realise that if they're going to get selected for England, they've got to stand out. And I think there might be a conflict of interest there uh, between the, the the two at times. 
I think that'll be something to be quite interesting to watch out. I mean, a couple of the counties I've spoken to have said they've looked at it, and statistically, it doesn't make sense to attack, particularly against the new ball. Batting against the new ball in county cricket is desperately, desperately tough. Uh, you know, I still think that um, I, I did a piece the other day on uh, comparing Ben Compton and Zach Crawley. I think they opened together eight times last year, and I suspect that Ben Compton outscored Zach Crawley eight times, but they've been seven, and that's in eight games. So nearly all the time he outscored him, playing very, very differently. Uh, all, you, all you accept is a board your name on it, on a green, green, green top, nipping around, and he go even harder, which I think a couple of guys will do or will try. I think. Just. Yeah, well, they, they might. I, I would, there's so many things about it. I mean, England have played on some very, very good wickets in the last year or so, uh, unusually good in England and then in Pakistan as well. And they're very, very good batters. When you try and change that combination at all, you know, the balls as well didn't do as much as normal. The, the, a lot of things fell into place. That's not to take anything away from it. It's been brilliant fun mm. and they're obviously wonderfully talented. But I, I, you can see people falling on their faces. 100%. Um, uh, it, look, it's going to be really good fun to watch, but I think people will have to be a little bit careful, particularly in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, and, it, and it may just calm down. Not everyone could do what Brooke and Bairstow can do. And the other player for England. <laughs> I think I think for a lot of players, the one to follow is, and this isn't a new thing at all, um, I the one to follow is Jay Root, really, isn't it? I mean, I think you'll get a lot of guys... We've played against Highbrook in the last couple of years on the circuit who just accepts that he is a bit of a one-off freak show in the stuff he can do. Likewise, I look at Johnny Bairstow as this, you know, white ball T20 gun as well and the way he played last year in, in the test stuff. And actually, if you were a middle-order batter, or if you were most batters trying to get into the England side right now and trying to model your game on anyone, I mean, Joe Root is never a bad, <laughs> bad bloke to be trying to follow. I mean, the way he has played, minus sort of the odd reverse ramp, is just himself a, a lovely tempo, isn't it? And that's, I think that that might end up being the health, the healthiest way for a lot of guys to look at it. But equally, he's Joe Root. So we look ahead to uh, the fixtures, the county championship. I said, um, I've got a copy of the cricketer here. Lancashire, the team to beat. Now, last year we went round uh, and we asked, uh, we got our predictions, didn't we? I think Nick and George. Did you both say Hampshire to win? I know. I'm saying I, I, I know it says Lancashire, the team to beat on the front cover, but I. I, that was not me. I, I go Hampshire every year, I'm going to go Hampshire again. They've got well, the best attack. Well, they'll be, well, well, I see that. Sorry, they're... sorry, I have a very good attack as well. So, come on then. Uh, Harmy, you got it right last year. Who's going to win the county championship Division 1 this year? I think sorry again. I really do. Defending defending their title. The one thing that's going to be interesting and intriguing is you look at the fringe England players. They win games for their counties. That's what's going to, I think that's what's going to happen. The lads who aren't with the IPL, and you come back, and they're going to play first class cricket when the when the international games on. There could be the difference. So if folks is not playing for for Warwickshire and at number seven, back at number eight, and trying to get into that England team, he's going to be bowling like he's bowling in Test match. He's going to be up there. You, you look at, at Durham. If Archer, just for instance, Archer Anderson would play in the first Test match, Durham bowling attack could be Potts, Carson, Wood, because Woody needs to play for he need to play first class cricket to get into the test team, or you have to get your overs up and your volume up. So from that, I look at the players who are, who are trying to get in the test team. If England have a shocker at one and two, then you go back to the old tried and tested, and that means you've got Burns and Sibley 
higher up on the list of so yeah with Compton and with one or two others so for me Surrey the bone attack they've got you know the Oli Pope for the start of the season you could have England's one two and three by the end of the summer batting in seven championship matches at the start of the season that for me will score a lot of runs and you'll get runs on the board you've got a bone attack so that, that's why I'd go with Surrey that they've got I think they've got players that have got things to prove to try and get into international honours, especially at the middle order as well, because the likes of Young Smith and one or two others trying to get in England's white ball teams. I think them first seven championship games, I think Surrey will have will be a formidable force. Folks, Hope, Kimar Roach on a on wickets which do a bit, and then you've got the experience of Sibley and Burns who will be saying whether you think Zach Crawley's under pressure or not, whether you think Dominic Sam Ben Duckett's under pressure or not, if Sibley and Burns go and rack up four or five hundred, not only are they winning the championship for Surrey, but the central selectors, when we've played international cricket, if these two have a shocker, it's pressurised Ashes. We've been in there as well. And I think a lot of these international fringe players will have a big seat on where the county championship goes in the first six or seven games. Um, okay, so sorry for you, Harmy. As a Surrey fan, of course, I'm... I'm going to want Surrey to win, but I think Jamie Overton is a massive, massive loss for Surrey. I think that uh, Reese Topley, to have him for two or three games, obviously Surrey aren't going to have him. Um, Surrey's 23 players last year. So, um, you know, we know that they're going to have lots of call-ups. And Will Jacks, of course, okay, he's injured. He would have been playing in the IPL. You know, they're three key individuals. But I do agree with what you're saying in terms of the batting army. They They do look strong. In that front, that that, uh, that top top four, to be honest, um, and if they've got folks in there as well, then uh, they're going to be difficult to knock over. Nick, if uh, so, you're going with Hampshire again? No, no, no. I'm going to change my mind. I'm changing my mind. Um, I'm going to sorry for <laughs> reasons that you mentioned and others as well. Actually, I, why they've done really well is they obviously lost. Obviously, Amla retired over the winter. They've basically offset that. I'm not saying Dom Sibley's Hashim Amla, but Sibley comes back. From Warwickshire, effectively takes that batting spot. He'll open with Burns. Ollie Pope, Ollie Pope's going to bat at three for them while he's there. So there's your top three, which is basically what they had, basically what they had last year. I and mean, it sort of feels a bit unfair on Ryan Patel, who's done nothing wrong. But um, and what they've also done is they brought in Sean Abbott for the start of the season, which effectively means their seam attack, which I said wasn't because Ambush before, but I'm not sure about that now, is effectively Kimo Roach, Sean Abbott, Dan Worrell, Jordan Clark. Then you've got Gus Atkinson and Tom Laws, who both had really good years, young lads coming through. I reckon Cam Steele played a fair bit of cricket, batting at seven, in sort of the Will Jats role. Bowling his leggies, he was the player of the season. Western Australia's great stuff over the winter. He took 40 odd wickets, about 10, with his leg spin. And then, yeah, as you guys were you've got, well, you've got Ben Folks in that top five as well, um, Jamie Smith. Uh, and then, and, I mean, I think what's crucial as well with Surrey is they bat so, so deep. I think 11 guys scored championship hundreds last year for Surrey. They had tons at nine. I think uh, John Clark got a big hundred at number nine. Jamie Overton got loads of runs at number 10. Although Overton won't be around, they've got Sean Abbott effectively to do that at nine as well, and Jordan Clark. So they are so hard to bowl out, so just keep on coming. They'll play on really good wickets at the Oval. And yeah, as, as Harmon said, they've got a lot of guys with sort of stuff to prove and stuff to, I guess, places to hold on to in those first few weeks too. But what about you, John? Oh, hi, they've just signed Tom Leatham. They have just signed Tom Leatham. They, they're really... They're, they're intelligent. You know, they'll lose Pope and Folks through June and July. So they've already made sure they've got a proper sort of test class reinforcement in for, for those five games. And I say intelligent, but also wealthy, which is why they can do that. But um, that's, that is significant. I mean, you know, 
Leighton could keep wicket if they choose to. I mean, Jamie Smith could do that as well, but they, they they cover all bases. OK, so sorry for you, Nick. It will change his mind after he hears what George has got to say there. George, who are you tipping for the uh, championship? I haven't, I haven't really got a clue, but Hampshire uh, looks strong. Uh, Lancashire looked pretty strong. I agree with what Harley said about it'll, there'll be a lot about fringe players. <clears throat> One of the reasons I like the look of uh, Surrey, for example, is because I don't think Burns and Sipley will break back into the side, but, you know, could be wrong. Um, I, I don't think Hampshire are going to get hit by call-ups that often. Good attack, um, decent batting. I, I, you know, I think it'll be really good fun finding out, but I, I don't see there uh, being a standout favourite, to be honest. You'd be surprised if Surrey, Lancashire, Hampshire were there or thereabouts. And actually, don't rule out Nottinghamshire either. Yeah, they're broad. Stuart, Stuart Braun, and he... On the Cree Collective, we a couple of times we've had Luke Fletcher on, and Luke Fletcher, he talks about Brody, and he says when we get Brody at the start of the season, the intensity in our dressing room just lifts. Our approach in, into games is our preparation is so much better because of Stewart's level of professionalism. So if if Stewart's going in there and he's going with a point to prove, ridiculous to say somebody who's got 550 Test wickets with a point to prove, but he is. Arguably, is he fighting with Ollie Robinson for that one spot in the Ashes team? So it would not surprise me if Stuart Broad gets 30, 31st class wickets before the first test match and says to the selectors, you can't leave me out. Yeah, I mean, he could play four of the first six, couldn't he? Um, and then he could come back again. But having a look at the squads, I mean, even Middlesex who have just come up, I mean, that's a, that's a serious squad, isn't it? When you look at the experience that runs through that side. And the options they got, and the run scorers that they've got, uh, bowlers who are more than canny. I struggle to, you know, are they? I'm not saying they're going to win the thing, but I can't see them going down. I mean, Nick, I think... would you say this is as this is seems to be as competitive? I, and I agree with what George is saying as well. Surrey might be favourites to win, but there's no, there's they're not head and shoulders above Lancashire or my, uh, my wife. Lancashire. My wife, Middlesex. I, I agree. I think they're. I mean, I think they can field a side that's virtually of international experience, I think. Maybe not quite, but certainly certainly as a core. You know, Stoneman, Robson, Peter Milan's a very sort of canny overseas signing for the whole season. John Simpson's still one of the best keepers around. Tugger and Jones with the leading we could take in the country last year. Maharaj doing his Achilles a big blow. He'd have been a quality signing, an available, really, really good spinner from uh, mid-April through to the end of July, I think that was going to be. I'd be slightly wary of. I mean, that's it's a very experienced bowling attack, quite high quality bowling attack, but it's it's guys who have struggled with injury. Ronan Jones, Hell, Murta. There's a little bit of a lot of reliance thing on guys like Ethan Bamber to do a lot of the legwork for those guys. I mean, um, certainly don't think Tim Murta will play quite so much this year. He's got a player coach role, this is probably possibly his last year. And I think on flat surfaces, particularly if Helms, particularly when Helms not around, they they might feel like a bit short on pace or something a bit different, but. Um, They'll be really competitive. What they did last year that was very impressive, what they haven't done since they got relegated really was scored a load of runs. They they trained on really difficult green tops and basically read the rewards from it. I think they got promoted because they got four very unlikely batting points, five, so four or five. The maximum batting points at Worcester on what was a bit of a shootout pitch in the last week of the season. But they basically become so used to batting on them that they wrapped up four fifty, got what they needed and got and got the got the draw that took them up. So there'll be that'll be no different. They've got a very experienced team at uh, Past nine up, they've got Ryan Higgins back as well. He's a very good cricketer. And if they can bring in a spinner to replace Maharaj, they'll be pretty well placed, I reckon. 
What about Somerset then, George? Uh, Sean Dixon's uh, arrival from uh, from Durham. That was a bit of a blow for Durham, I'm sure Harmy will, uh, will say. But they're not going to lose Craig Overton to England. You you wouldn't have thought. You know, Overton, Gregory, Siddle's coming back. Lamanby's in there. Uh, Matt Henry's going to be playing for them from the middle of May. Tom Kyler Cadmore, I mean, they were scoring runs at times last year. But seventh place as well early on, wasn't it? Yeah, Jack Leach, of course. I mean, they they look better than the seventh place finish that they they managed last year, don't they? They do. I look, uh, Craig. It's an interesting one you bring up because he could be one of those absolutely crucial players, couldn't he? He could be almost perfect county player. And there's a few of them around. Sam Hayden might be another absolutely super player, but they're not quite going to get back into the England setup. But he could. You'd be a bit surprised if he got into the testing, but it wouldn't be. You only need a couple of injuries. And it, he's a very, very good cricketer. Um, and yeah, he's going to give that team everything every day. He's pretty good at staying fit. He gives them a lot. I, I'd love to see Somerset do well. I think, um, I don't know how long Tom Abel's out for, but I think he's he, that that's uh, a significant he's, absence. He's touching go, touch go for the first week, I think, isn't he? Um, so that's not, you know, potentially not so bad. But, um, you know, uh, a very energetic captain who offers both with bat and ball individually but also really gels that side I mean it would be lovely as a long term Somerset supporter if this was the year but uh, it doesn't feel particularly as if it will be and Tom Lamanby is a cricketer to look out for I think he's a really really mm-hmm. exceptional talent I really want to, to, to keep an eye on but so uh, yeah I, I, they, they could they could cause a surprise they'll need to start well no just in my only thing with Somerset and Middlesex is if we get flat wickets their bowling attacks are a bit older, I would say. And to go for 14 games and the schedule that we've got, I think that might make Somerset and Middlesex just come up short for me. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer. Still plenty more to come on the show. Uh, you're listening to myself, John Norman, alongside uh, Steve Harmson and uh, from the cricketer, George DeBell and Nick Friend. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. 
Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. This is TalkSport 2. This is following on County Cricketer uh, in conjunction with the cricketer, George DeBell, Nick Friend, as well as myself, John Norman, and Steve Harmison. Still plenty more to come on the show. Let's take a look at Division 2 then. Of course, um, 10 teams are in Division 1, 8 teams are in Division 2. And uh, let's start with you, actually, Harmy. Durham. Well, flattered to deceive. We kind of were waiting for them to get go- getting going all season last year. But um, as you may mention, it could be that they've got a full armoury of fast bowlers uh, and they could be pretty fearsome. But uh, how do you assess how they're going to go this year? I think they've got a great chance. I, I really do. I look at the side. The balance of the side is very, very good. I think what we we had at Durham last year was a lot of draws. I think that was down to... The complete opposite to Basball, where it was very secure. We didn't think James Franklin was always of the opinion as he was going to make sure the game was comfortable and then try and win it as opposed to go the other way. So I can see that changing a lot. I can see that changing um, with Ryan Campbell. I think he's a very much a forward-thinking coach and I think he will try and win as many games as he possibly can. Um, the pitch hopefully will be a little bit better as a cricket contest, it was very flat last year, very docile, didn't didn't give a great deal from the bowling point of view. But this time we've got the Durham, we've got a few more. Well, we've got a few more that have got, got a bit of oomph behind it. A big blow losing Chris Rushworth, but I think we understood why why he left the area. And we see you mentioned Sean Dixon leaving. That's not a big blow as what it would have been if Alex Lees was still playing for England. But they've got Lees at the top. Michael Jones, for me, I think he's got international. He could knock on England's door. I think he is a fantastic prospect. Played for Scotland in the World Cup. We've seen him. I think he's got a huge amount of talent in the in the mindset of what the England selectors will be looking for, what Brendan McCullum and, and Ben Stokes looks for. He wants to you know, get on with the game at the top of the order. He tries to hit sort of well down the ground. He hits you know, very, very, through, very, very strongly through extra cover. He's a good player. David Beddingham is over the injuries that he's had and hopefully he will be the David Beddingham from two years ago where he racked up a ridiculous amount of runs. And we'll speak about one to watch a bit later on, but you know, Ollie Robinson coming from Kent, I think that's a great signing for Durham. And you know, they're going to have Bryden Cars, hopefully. Matt Potts, who I think is getting a little bit further down a pecking order from England, so he'll be playing quite a lot of cricket. So because of that, along with Ben Rain, Canny Operator, um, Scott Borthwick, I think Durham are in a, in a strong place when it comes to starting the season. It'll be interesting to see if who they leave out because they've got 13 or 14 talented cricketers and that's without somebody like Baz Delader who you know, comes into the reckoning after about three or four games when he's fit who just balances the team out as that all-rounder, possibly at number seven because Robinson can bat at six. So Durham have got... Durham have got uh, they've recruited very, very well over the course of the last six months. Uh, Nick, thoughts about Division 2? It's difficult to, to really know what's going to happen in regard to, to Yorkshire because we're kind of ex- half expecting some kind of points penalty. Let's assume that they're not going to be one of the top two to go up this season for whatever <laughs> reason. Who do you think is going to be up there? 
and it's re- I think there's some really interesting teams actually. I think Derbyshire and MacArthur really interesting because less because of the personnel, more because of approach they had last year and the I guess the mentality and the I mean obviously the Losham suits, but there's some really good domestic players. I think Brooke Guest is a very good player. Um, had a really good year last year. Luce Deploys had a fantastic winter, had a really, really profitable winter as well, actually. Um, and he's taken over he's taken over as captain from Billy Godelman, um, Hyder Ali, Axadi Batters come over, Sarang and that mouse fit again, I think, after last year. It didn't an elbow problem. Was it an elbow problem? I think he was he missed a lot of missed this last portion of the season. Um but then you've got I think Sussex are really interesting. Yeah, you know, there's there's gonna be a point in the season when they've got a middle order of Pujara and Smith, and then you've got a top order of the top Bear Valley or and Tom Haynes. And actually what there's not been a question with Sussex for the last few years is is the batting and, and particularly the batting of the young of the young lads. I and mean, when you put two of the best players in the world, on top of them, they're gonna certainly they're certainly gonna score runs down at home. Their challenge is taking wickets. They struggle. I think Sean Hunt was their leading wicket last year and he took nineteen. I think every other county had someone who took more than thirty. So that's a big thing for them. But George Garton has written well. Nathan McAndrews come over as an overseas wasn't their first choice in the Jaden Seals, which is a bit of a blow not to up something about Calibre, but um they'll be and obviously with Paul Farbrace in charge as well, and they'll probably see a bit Ollie Robinson too. So they'll be interesting they'll be really interesting early season in that in that first set of games. And I suspect they'll have some fairly bumper press boxes once <laughs> On Steve Smith's here as well. So, so fair to your eyes on them. And I think Gloucester will be interesting as well, actually. They've got a really good, really good crop of young players, uh, together with Marshall's Langer, who's come, who's now, now a domestic player and has played for them. Having moved over from Somerset, and I think their plan with him is to let him run right. And he's a, he's six foot five, and he bowls 90 mile an hour. And if, if they can keep him fit, and if he can have the results that sort of his skill set and package should, should bring, he's an X factor they've not really had before. I think Dale's another one I quite like. Bell's quite slingy action, swings it pretty sharp. But I think it's a really interesting competition. And as you say, that's that's without having really touching on the auction. Uh, George, are Sussex a happier ship this year than what they've reportedly been over the last couple? I'm too far away from it to give you a, a, an insight, to if I'm honest. If Yorkshire aren't in the top two, you know, there's a problem. They, they should be. So you, yeah, yeah, the disciplinary stuff. You would think that, given that uh, a club has been fined ten points for having an oversized bat, you would imagine that Yorkshire are in some trouble. Uh, quality uh, at least make sure that they force the CDC to make a difficult decision. They, they should be in the top two. They, they should see a lot of Dabmanan as well. I think there's no one knowing the white ball stuff till September. And given they sort of dropped off last year when they lost a fair few, fair few of the ring guys, obviously Harry Britt started the summer, you know, fantastically through made for them and sort of lost him and didn't see him again. So having Milan around potentially for a lot of that season is important, particularly because a couple of overseas signs haven't come through, isn't it? With Sean, 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 Sean was going to be signed to Lane, isn't he? He's back in Pakistan's white ball plans, I think. And then obviously Neil Wagner, they signed, and then, then he did his hamstring, was it? Almost straight mm-hmm. afterwards. So availability is always, I mean, this is the thing with these previous shows, isn't it? The availability can scupper 90% of what we're saying. Let's talk about the magazine, the cricketer. Uh, Mag and also uh, online. Um, I'm pleased to say, actually, that Talksport listeners have got uh, 20% off a 12 issue subscription to the Cricketer magazine. Just go to www.thecricketer.com forward slash Talksport. Basically, it's all about the uh, the pullout, isn't it? It's that stage of the year. As soon as I got as soon as I got the magazine through the uh, through the letterbox that day, I took. I've got like essentially, I've got a little booth. A little broadcast booth at Talk Sport. And on one side, I've got the FTP over the next four years. 
<laughs> which is the uh, Future Tools program. And then on the right, I've basically got the uh, the Cricketer Magazine pullout, which is the only pullout which makes sense of the season. But essentially, it's all down there. But well, what else? What else have we got in there this month that we should uh, alert to Alice? Oh, there's a really nice there's a really nice chat between well interview between <laughs> David Gower and Murray and Ali. Uh, that's that's the gem of an interview. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, David obviously brought the best out of Mo in there, and really he he's engaged in in that way. He is when he's at his absolute best, and that's that. meeting of minds. Yeah, that's definitely worth a read. And obviously you have got the county previews, and lots of them. Yeah, I mean that's basically where I've lent on for this entire show. So <laughs> to be honest with you, um, what else? you've got a you you have a regular column in there, don't you, George? What are you talking about? This oh ah. I'm just having a look. I've read it actually. I mean, I I've heard I've heard Harmy banging on about this problem for the past six months, and uh, you've written a piece about Ben Stokes' knee, essentially. And he was Lord, yes. He was bowling. He was bowling yesterday. Well, he bowled over. He bowled over and got subbed, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See, got... I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that, you know, George. I'm, I'll, you know, I've banged on about Ben Stokes' knee for a, for a bit now. More than what he was bowling rather than the actual knee itself. But when they said he was going to be replaced, I was like, yes, I was over the moon. They're thinking, get him off bowling. But they kept him on the field. It's it's one of them shocking substitutions that you, you can actually take somebody out of the game, but you don't actually come off the field. So from an England point of view, I was hoping that he was going to go and sit and put his feet on for 18 overs. But why would you take him off, to be fair? Because he's still, whatever issues he may be having, He's fantastic in the field still. I mean, he's oh, just—he's a crazily good cricketer. We know this. I, I, I wish him well at the IPL. I hope he—you know—I absolutely would defend his right to go there. He's—he's he's hurt himself giving his all for England, hmm. and he deserves every opportunity to make as much money as he can. I hope it works brilliantly for him. It just—it worries the hell out of me. I, I, yeah. There'll be a really interesting piece to write at the end of Ben Stokes's career about Ben Stokes in the Ashes particularly Ben Stokes in Australia because uh, I wonder if we'll look back and the only time he was ever at his absolute best in Australia was when he made his debut, basically, mm. that very first tour in 2013. Anyway, uh, he's obviously a huge part of England's plans this summer and uh, every time I watch him, I'm, I'm wincing. And I wonder, actually, Harvey, you might know, obviously he could do all sorts. I- I've been suggesting he could open the batting. I, I would insist that he's good enough to do it, that he could do it. But, you know, a cricketer changes. An all-rounder is a bit different uh, when they're only able to operate in one department. And I wonder whether mentally it would change him. Because, you know, if you're an all-rounder, it sometimes frees you up. Uh, you know, you've got two ways to change a game. And I don't know, he has been all his career, that sort of cricketer. And I wonder if he'll be different if he becomes a specialist batter. In the, I think there is. Yeah, I think... I think you've got a point, but because he's captain, I'd say no. I would say if he was just batting and no captaincy and he hasn't got that on his shoulders, I think his mind would wander. But I think because he's got all that in the melting pot and the way he's going, I think it would be a big ask for him to open a batting. Um, I think it would be a huge ask to captain open a batting. The one thing, even if he's on one leg, he will still bowl. You can see him wrapping up at the end of a lunch or a tea time having a word with his knee, as Manners would say, get it ready for a 10-over spell in the in the afternoon and then worry about what it's like for the next sort of six, seven hours to get himself in a position 
to come back again the next year. But I think because he's got the captaincy, and if he does just play as a specialist batsman, then I think he's fine. I think if he didn't have the captaincy, then I think you would have a, a good point, which would be then his his mind would wander and would his performance still be as high? Probably not. Uh, guys, we're going to have to... Either way, we, sh- we, we should enjoy him while we can because he's a special. Absolutely. Like, I suspect he's not... I suspect we haven't got years of him. I'd love to think, George, you've still got another Ashes chapter away to come. The best one to go. I'd love that too. I would love that. Wouldn't that be great to, to win in Australia? Play? I mean, just over the winter, it, it was so lovely to go to Australia and see England win the T20 World Cup. Mm. I, I, look, I was going to grounds where I've never seen England win. I've never seen England win in Perth. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen England not lose in Perth. Mm. Different grounds, albeit, but um, it was just amazing to see England win in Australia because it's been a bit of a rubbish 10 years. Guys, we're going to have to wrap things up, but before we do, uh, we've all got some players to watch out for. Essentially, throughout the county cricketer, uh, we will be keeping an eye on these players. I can't even remember the name of my player from last year. He played for Derbyshire. Dustin Mountain. There you go. I knew you'd come in with the good good (laughs) stuff. Uh, Mason Crane was yours, George. Matt Potts was yours last year, Harmy. Who's yours again, Nick? Uh, Ed Pollock. I don't want to hear too much it. Uh, okay, so what about this year? We'll start with you, Nick. Who is your player? Actually, you, you, we, know, you've, agreed, you've all come. We've agreed two each, haven't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've only got one. I say agreed. We've we we we've you into two each. Yeah, sure. I'm going with Ali Orr at Sussex, who is the hill I will die on. Gun. He's just Triscothic in the making. Watched him whack it last year many a time, having. Change his mindset over the previous winter. He'd sort of come in as a bit of a blocker. Being Alistair Cook fan by the end of last summer was just smoking balls out of home on a fairly regular basis. He's got on this day double hundred as well. He's only he's a trying to twenty one. He's on. I believe he wasn't with the Lions over winter, and I can't believe that he'll be far off being with them soon. Uh, my bowler is Tom Price of Gloucestershire. He took an eight for Div one last season, and I know that a fair few sort of fairly senior players who faced him last year thought he was one better. Divan Bowler's going around. He's just out of universities. He's at 30 wickets at 20-odd last season. He's got a brother who plays Bloss as well, Holly. He's seriously good. Moves it both ways. Not slow. Yeah, and I think there's a lot more to come. He came back. He was in Durban this winter. And he came back pretty, looking pretty, looking in pretty good shape and will be a big part of their season. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Nick. What ground are you going to be at this week, by the way? Uh, I'll be at Lord's. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, what about you, George? Your players to watch are? I'm going to start with Josh Tung at Worcester. He's looked good for years. Had horrible injury. Looked as if it was going to finish him. Shoulder nerve damage. He had, I don't know why, but they gave him Botox in the shoulder and it's been a miracle cure. And I saw him the other day, uh, you know, media day and stuff, and he was gleaming with joy and fitness and just happiness to, to be back. Look, that guy bowls sharp. I mean, upper 80s. He bowls a bit like Stokes. He goes over the perpendicular, angles it in, and then gets it to move away. Uh, and he's tall, bowls high action. That's a terrific package of skills. It's not ridiculous to suggest he could be the sort of Stuart Broad replacement. I know that's strong words. I, I know. I, I, I think he is potentially that good. And on a real basic level, he, he, you know, he had eighteen months or something out. He must have thought it was all over. You know, he was looking for other work and stuff. Uh, how lovely that he's got another chance at it. 
And the other guy I'm going to say, and, and, and it's sort of a barometer player, is Ben Compton. Because he is unfashionable as hell, uh, apart from the fact that he scores a lot of runs. But, you know, I just, I think this comparison between him and Zach Crawley is really interesting. I wish Zach Crawley well. I absolutely buy into that. Zach Crawley's got a high ceiling thing, but uh, I think his uh, technique is horrendous at the moment, and I don't think they're doing him any favours at all by not telling him to work on it. Um, ridiculous to think you can uh, hit your way out of that sort of trough. Uh, so I think it'd be really interesting to see how well, if Ben Cobden, who is another one who's enjoyed the scenic route to a professional career, can sustain the success he's had at the start of his, his journey and and do it the old-fashioned way and actually remind us that whatever Ben Stokes says, sometimes it's about how many, not how. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, George. Um, where are you going to be this week? I'm going to start in Manchester, then take a call on where to go. Good stuff. He's a man who knows he's been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Harmy, uh, my player is going to be James Smith at Surrey. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how much game time he gets. Played really well against uh, Sri Lanka team uh, for the Lions. Uh, scored that big double century and then kind of tailed off a little bit towards the end of the season. Was batting at nine in T20 cricket, batting at high as four in county championship. Um, but, you know, he's one of these wicket keepers that's actually under the age of 25. So definitely uh, worth keeping an eye on. I want to be keeping an eye on him. I wonder if he's going to play against Lancashire, though. Um, it would be interested to see how Surrey go. What about you? Who's your, who are your players to keep an eye on in 2023? I had four, I've got four names written down here, but two of them have already been picked, so I'll go with the other two. I'll, I think Alistair Orr, I'd heard a lot about him and I watched him at the end of last season in a game at Dunham. Didn't get him many runs, but the way he went about really excited me. thought his temperament looked better than, than Haynes, and Haynes is a good player. From an international, I'm thinking of an international mind, but so Nick's picked him. So I'll go Ollie Robinson, the keeper that's caught to Durham. I think it's going to be a, there's a lot of talk about wicket keepers. And I think folks, whether it's folks, whether it's Bairstow, age wise, I'm looking at someone like Ollie Robinson, you know, who is next coming through with him and Jamie Smith um, and one or two others, you know, Simpson as well at, at, at Middlesex from a glove point, point of view. But I want to pick Robinson and keep an eye on him. Um, and I do like Josh Tongue, and I'm pleased that he's back playing. Um, and I think he has got a, a future at a little bit higher level, possibly with you know, England's, is he going to get close to England's white bull side? Some ear, ear cricket. Well, the one I think who is probably the only one from the outside that potentially could knock on the Ashes door if there's injuries from a Pierce point of view, if he's fit, and that's Bryden Cast. And I know I'm going Durham again, but I think the ceiling level of Brian and Cast is massive. I think this kid is a fantastic cricketer. He releases the ball very, very tall release point like Ollie Robinson. He bowls in excess of 85 mile an hour. When he played for England in the one-day stuff, he was touching 90 mile an hour. An excellent SA20 where he was fit. And I just think he's a younger model, a more athletic model, Possibly not a better batter or something similar batter to Craig Overton. That number eight spot. If England start getting blown away and they need a quick bowler that can bat a bit, then Brian Cast could have an outside chance if he starts the season well with Durham. Because I think, bar an injury, I think he's got all it takes to play international cricket. Brilliant stuff. 
Harvey, thank you very much. Nick, George, uh, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, episode one of season two of Following on County Cricket. We're going to be back next week, looking back at the first round action. The county championship getting underway on Thursday. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, welcome. You can tune in to TalkSport 2. The show will be repeated uh, before play on both Thursdays and uh, Fridays. Uh, but uh, delighted that TalkSport uh, are once again in partnership with the Cricketer uh, to bring you following on County Cricketer from now until the end of September uh, here on TalkSport or via the following on feed. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.